Does your business need easy, competitive financing for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best financing options for equipment, trucks, and other big-ticket items. Just fill out an application, and Currency Finance does the rest. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit cocurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA currency pursuant to CFL license 60, DBO-54873. Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Otter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. Hey, <laughs> gone it, Muhammad. G-B-R. Die God, that's good. That you know, nice. one thing from that intro I've never noticed were the drums. Yeah. Like, those are like legit drums. What do you mean you that? never noticed I don't it. know. I just We listen to it at least once a week. Whenever we play it, I try to get in a good headspace. I try to focus a little bit. But that those like drum fills, I'm like, damn, okay. It's legit. <laughs> All right, anyway. No block, no rock. Go Big Red indeed. Sorry, I can't forget that. Season 3, episode 21. From the barrel room in Nebraska Brewing Company with stuff scraping on the floor outside the door. We don't know what the hell that is. I have zero idea. <laughs> what are we drinking, fellas, at the Nebraska Brewing Company? Do we got three hefts around or two hefts? Only two. Two hefts around. Okay, so two Hefeweizens. The Eos. On the Eos. same side of the table over there, too. Yeah. yeah. Banana. That was cute. Did the, you guys text each other and play that? Divided. The little hefty boys. If, if only Kyle would drink the Pilsner, right? And then... yeah. But hey, know, I've, I've tried. Special. What, <laughs> what, what are you guys drinking here at the tap room on 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska? I've got the cow tipper, which right now just it just recently got a new name. It did, and it, it it's very creative. Mm-hmm. It is called cold beer. Yep, cold beer. Cold this beer. Is your, this is your go-to like at a, a tailgate. It's like one of those like lighter beers. You can drink a lot of them. It's good, dude. And did you guys see the can artwork for that? It's beautiful. It's, it's so, so American. The, the yeah, eagle was... flying over Chimney Rock. Oh, my God. It's it's gorgeous. It's pretty cold. It is. It's pretty cold. That might be the coldest y- Oh, damn it. I was just going to get there. <laughs> you know who you need to call to get to the NIL deal. Yeah. Because he's oof. definitely coming back, right? Oh, yeah. I don't uh, I'd give him like 50 bucks. <laughs> he take it. I'd give him like 50 bucks. That's less than you give us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will just say, I just want to go on record, okay, Connor? You you have a lot of pull here at Nebraska Brewing Company. Allegedly. And I I am pounding my fist on the table, literally. You need to have a freaking stout. Okay? I Michael, have many. Michael, I have a ton of Michael, stouts. Michael, what is my favorite beer of all time? Guinness. We need to have a stout named after us. I'm pounding the table. I am dying on this effing hill. Hey, you know, I agree. You know what? We did fantastic work with the no Bach, no rock beer. Yeah, Dang, I was say, if you were to do a some sort of coffee stout thing, imagine waking up in the morning, watching mm. some college football with a coffee stout. I have oh. two names for it already. Okay. The figure it out stout. I like that. Or if it is a coffee stout, 11 a.m. kick. 
Just saying. Both nice. Wow. Just I, saying. I haven't thought about this at all. Maybe no. Paul's listening. We have nine people in here listening live right now on StreamYard, and maybe like, Paul's like, listening. Pa- all Paul, these ideas. Actually, he did tell me. I forgot to text him. He did tell me to text him when we were going live so he could watch, but uh, he might be in there on his own. He I know probably he, gets notifications. He, he does. He turned on notifications oh, for us. So oh, good. He there might actually go. be in there. <laughs> awesome. We uh, need a stout. Or the Solange stout. Whatever. We, could, we can talk about it more. We have other things to talk about. Jared's just not sleeping because he's thinking of beer names now. <laughs> you guys, first of all, before we get too balls deep into this, how how was your Christmas? Like, what was the best gift you got? Let's just go around the table. Let's start with my little Hef buddy over here, my Hef brother. Well, Christmas, uh, this was my first Christmas as a father. So mm. it was really cool seeing Christmas through her eyes. Um, I mean, she's only seven months old, but watching the joy of just her opening or figuring out how to pound presents, because she doesn't know how to like rip them open. Yeah. But essentially, when she pounds on them, they just get open for her. So <laughs> watching her reaction to all these gifts, and she is the most spoiled baby in America. I've established that. because the way it should be. The amount of gifts that she received from family and friends was just insane. So um, that was really cool for me and uh, probably a, a very memorable Christmas. So it's not even about you, of course. It's just... No, no it's, it's about Peyton. Does, Absolutely. Does she still believe in Santa? Well, she doesn't know who Santa is yet. So, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. what is a Santa? I tried being Santa, you know, for the first time. Yeah. And I woke up early, you know, like, but she's sleeping. She's seven months old. What, is she going to wake up and catch me? You could yeah. walk in the living room with her sitting right there staring at you. She'd have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Mike's still dressed up in the full suit, has a fake beard on. Well, that was for earlier. <laughs> Mike, do your best. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Wow. Oh, that was good. I was expecting to be like, I, thought, I, shitty I, I didn't it. hear reindeer on that roof. <laughs> Where did that come from? He's got the belly for it. He's the got soul. the he's got the belly <laughs> the down. Soul. Hey, once you become a once you become Santa, you can do it. Yeah, body fair, body yeah. made All by right. enough about brewing. me, Kyle. Jesus. How was your Christmas? It was good. You know, um, I'm at like the age where like I just don't have a list of things that like I want. If I want it, right. I'll just go out and buy it. So I, I just tell people like. I don't want to buy you anything. I don't want you to buy me anything. Like, let's just get together. Let's spend some time together. So that's what, that's what I did. We did do like, you know, I got some like money and I gave out a little bit of money here and there. But other than that, I mean, I think one of the most creative gifts I got this year, something you'd never think about is like a state of Nebraska parks pass, you know, like for, that's cool. My uncle got one of those. I'm like genius genius idea. Yes. Like that's a whole year's worth of stuff that they just gifted me. I can go out and do without spending the 30 bucks. That's super rad. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was the most noteworthy thing I got. I, did you get I, did you get a pilsner for Christmas? I did not. I did get iced. My sister iced me uh, in one of my games. That's awesome. The worst. Um, but uh, I did get a lot of really cool things, but I think the one, I actually just received it today. Um, it came in a little bit late, but my sister also got me. It is this really nice long sleeve shirt, and it just has a picture of my one and a half year old nephew's face on it. That's oh. it. It's just his face on this giant okay. shirt. He's my favorite dude. We're best friends. Um, and I thought it was really funny and I love it. Wish you would have worn it tonight. It, it's actually in this building. Mm-hmm. It is here yeah. right now. I probably, got it today. Probably should have wore it. Yeah. yeah Dude, he's nice. one and a half. He doesn't know shit. We just yeah. talked about Peyton seven months. She doesn't know shit. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> hey. I'll hey. gaslight him. They're making zero I, memories right now. <laughs> I've already talked about his, his name's Easton. I've already talked about as he grows up, he's going to get into baseball. I'm just going to gaslight him, buy him Easton gear and tell him yeah. it's all custom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
They're kids. It's not hard to lie to them. They're not that smart yet. Oh, and Easton's like a solid brand, so it's not like you're giving them exactly. shitty equipment, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Jared, uh, Scrooge, what'd you do? Uh, what'd I do? I hung out with fam. I hung out with my dog. That's, I mean, that's like... That's it. That's, yeah, I mean, that's what that's I do every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I said at the live show, thank you everybody for going to the live show, by the way. Everyone that went. A few hundred. Yeah, it was great. Um, I had mentioned uh, I got a dresser. Ooh, wow. A dresser, a nice now, dresser. Is that like someone who dresses you? Because the fashion has been kind of <laughs> was, that, was that from Mary Hall? or? Yeah, that was from the mother, my, Mary. my dear. Mary's the goat. Uh, She's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I got a bottle of Jamo. Bottle of Jamison. Uh-oh. Oh, no free plugs. Dude, I'll plug Jamo all day. He got a <laughs> bottle of Irish whiskey. <laughs> Irish whiskey. Yes, it was very nice. And like, I'm like... Kyle, like people get pissed off at me because they're like, "What do you want?" I'm like, "I don't know." Booze. I literally give me something. Don't want anything. <laughs> don't but dude, like normally, nothing. if I if I want something, I just go buy it. No, normally I, I, it's oh <laughs> god damn normally it. Normally, I, I prefer back to our. <laughs> oh, there it is. I need to work that word out of my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You're gonna work it out of your daily vocabulary, but you will come here every Monday, and it'll be in that machine. I know. Just in that. But and it, it's, it's hardware. Every time I say it, Mike is just ready. It's like he's waiting for it. Because <laughs> every time I hear the word normally come out of your mouth, that's just like the rest of it comes with it. So <laughs> okay. the rest of it comes with it and you think about backdoors? No, normally you <laughs> think of that. God damn it. Okay, let's move on to um let's move from backdoors to throwing bricks into windows because a house is on fire. Tommy Armstrong, come on. Hero. Yeah, round of applause. Round give, of me, applause. give me that. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Armstrong, he is, you know, once a Husker, always a Husker, especially if you save lives from a burning building. Do you Hello. Think, Bravo. Do, do you think this makes him a hero or a legend? What's the difference? What The division names, guys. Hero. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> hero. That was a deep cut. Hey, you know I was really you know hoping someone would, make him a would pick up on You know what would make him a legend? What's if that? he came on our podcast, then he might be a legend. Yeah. But yeah. right right now he's a hero and we're going to say legend is a step up. Yeah. I think once you, you know, grace us with your presence and you come behind this microphone, I think you get that legendary status like some of his previous teammates have done multiple times. Well, but, you know, until until then, he's just a hero. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a hero. Yeah. Just <laughs> only a hero. That's all you are is a hero. I, I Bravo. Wanna, Bravo, yeah, Tommy. Dude, and so I, you guys, I know, Jared, you said you watched the video. Did you guys see um, the clip from that news station? Yeah. Where, like, was interviewed. they were like, yeah, the, like, they broke the glass out. Uh, they, they pulled the first one out. And then Tommy just, like, very casually was just like, yeah, I just, like, I went in. Yeah, like, you just, just casually went into a burning house and started pulling people out. Hell, yeah. Uh, dude, that, I mean... That's a real Husker right there. Okay. That's a real Husker. QB1. That's right. Does he have any more eligibility? No. <laughs> people, people were saying the, the Heroes Trophy between Nebraska and Iowa needs to be named after him because of his brave deed. The Tommy Trophy. The Tommy Trophy. I'm not against it. Who else yeah. would it be? Who else? Hey, before this year, he was the last quarterback to beat IOL. Ooh. I'm drafting my petition to rename the field the Tommy Osborne field. Jesus Christ. That's silly. Okay. Another thing I wanted to touch on, guys. I want to talk about weather a little bit. Okay. Oh, boy. Let's talk about the weather, okay? What's a common 
a common thing that you hear from fans that aren't Nebraska fans, and you know, it comes to recruiting, one of the disadvantages for Nebraska. It's it's, it's too cold. It's too cold. Did you see hashtag bomb cyclone? Just rip and roar through the U.S., the whole U.S., even Florida was affected. Like, let's just do away with this freaking narrative right now. Yeah. No matter where you go, this can happen, okay? And if if not every player wants to play in the NFL. Sure. I get that. Some players want to be uh, vets, which is cool in itself. Yeah. Or firefighters. Awesome. Tommy. You know, hello. But some players want to make the NFL, and if you're going to play in the NFL, you're going to have to deal with some shit weather. You cannot escape okay. it. You cannot escape no. it. Nope. Have you ever heard of Buffalo? Like, what, what, they got like four feet of snow. Did you see? New did England. you see that just yeah. this past weekend after that snowstorm? Like they, you know, they played. Uh, oh fuck, I forget where they played, but they played out of state and they came back, and all their cars were under like. Six feet of snow. Yeah, yeah. There was a yeah. dude driving out of the parking lot with an iceberg on top of it. <laughs> iceberg. Yeah. It looked like that's a good Titanic. car. That, yeah. that, that is a, a Celine, good vehicle if you can get yeah. through it with Celine the iceberg on top. Dion is just playing in the background. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then Nashville, Tennessee. They had to delay their game because they had blackouts because it was so damn cold. Yep. So, any recruits out there that, gosh, you know, I would really love to go to Nebraska, but it's too cold. Get used to it. Figure it's, it out. It's cold everywhere. And guess what? Like, Nebraska, well, you could change this, recruits. They usually don't play in December anyway, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be that cold. But I, I'm just saying, if the NFL is your ultimate goal, you cannot let weather be a, a hindrance to you. Because if weather is the one thing that's holding you back, you are not a serious player, damn it. I, I understand that there is an appeal to go, you know, out to that West Coast, get the warm weather, the and nice money. And yeah, the, the bitches. Beach. Yeah, obviously the bitches too. Um, but I have one word to describe players that are, are too scared to play in the cold, and it is soft. soft. You are soft Damn. like Charmin. Say it. You are soft like Charmin. Get over yourself. Damn. Yeah. I mean, if you guys watched that Buffalo game where they literally had to stop the game because the fans were throwing snowballs. Yeah. Which admittedly is fucking hilarious. That is pretty funny. That's I great. was like, because they, they were throwing them and the player like dropped the pass in the end zone or something. And I'm like, I don't think it actually affected him. But I'm no. like, dude, imagine if that was like a distraction. Right. And then next yeah. thing you know, like. Two minutes later, they had a delay, and they're like, stop throwing snowballs on the field. Do you know what's a distraction? A 200-pound corner coming in at 25 miles an hour to smoke you. That's a fucking distraction. Don't tell me a snowball is what's killing this. And, like, did you see the camera cut to the the close-up of the guy that had, like, five of them just, like, Oh yeah, on, on his railing. railing. Yeah. yeah, it's like Jesus, man. You, you are like, the problem. Look like kick it, him out. But it's pretty funny. Look like it, SpongeBob oh, and Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, not every player wants to play in the NFL, but come on now, weather weather's not a big deal. Okay. Um, speaking it, speaking yeah. of cold weather, there is a frost in Phoenix. Phoenix has frosted over this dude. Oh crap! It's, I already said his last name. Damn it. Scott, no. there we go. <laughs> Bought a house for over five million. That's, oh, a, that, that's that, a lot of money. Where to get it? That buyout money's coming in real hot. Where do you think you got it from? <laughs> you and you and you and you and you. All the Nebraska fans paid for it. Uh, yeah, 
All my tax money. All my tax oh, dollars. <laughs> I know we touch on that all the time, but if you're still one of those people that's out there like, I don't want my tax money going to buyouts, shut up. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. And I'll tell you what, the buyout that we gave former head coach Scott is nothing compared to what it did for this program. Get him the fuck out of here. Give him that money. Hey. The Phoenix can have that five yeah, whatever is. million dollars. Get out of here. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Right there in the desert. They need you just as much as you need them. <laughs> here's like a here's like a practical standpoint that I'm thinking about. Scott Frost gets hired. <laughs> Good save. Catch. Good save. Good at that. Scott Frost gets hired somewhere, somewhere, anywhere in the United States, right? In mm. whatever position he wants or whatever he'll get hired for. And uh, and I'm thinking to myself, like, now you have a five point four million dollar home in Phoenix. Mm. You're not gonna be able to rent that out. Nobody's renting a $5 million hey, home. That's a really expensive Airbnb. Yeah. Like, I, I just, whatever, man. He took out a loan. He's you do fine. You. Just like you and I. You 30-year mortgage, right? Took out a loan from the University of Nebraska. <laughs> I just, like, I, I recall, you know, him and the, the, the whole hoodie uh, situation at Minnesota. Mm -hmm. It's like, you moved to Phoenix. Just shut up. Soft. Soft, soft, right? Soft. Like I get Phoenix, you know, it's that's where his it's wife's warm. from, though. I don't anyway. give a f shut up, Mike. I'm just that saying. goes against that goes against my argument. I'm sorry. Wait, his, <laughs> his wife's from Phoenix. Yes. Where's his girlfriend from? <laughs> oh, Lincoln, <laughs> a certain gate. Um, <laughs> shit. Where was I gonna take this? Uh -huh. I don't know. Soft, frost, soft, yeah. deep, soft. <laughs> just yeah, go play golf. Go have fun. This is America. Where, you know, if you're a college football coach, if you're an NFL coach, it can be like a really cool job, especially if you suck at it, you just get fired and you can make a couple mil and go to, go to Phoenix and golf for the rest of your fucking life. On, hey. on that note to any university that's hiring, I am available. Like you, I'll come on for one season. You can fire me and I'll take my buyout. Just <laughs> throw, throw me a couple million. Hey, I, I, went, totally, I went undefeated on NCAA 14. Yeah. I'm just telling you. I mean, yeah. I, I had a lot of places calling me. I went undefeated with Rice, my my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. Tell me when you get there with Florida Atlantic. <laughs> or Harvard. <laughs> oh, going Ivy League. Hell I was yeah. a North Texas guy, the Mean Green. Yeah. Yeah, are. led them to multiple natties. Okay. Garrett Nelson comes out today on Twitter and announces that he is declaring for the NFL draft. You guys, let, let's just go around. What, what's your, like, instant reaction to this? Michael, what do you think, brother? Um, we were just throwing this word out a lot like, in this episode, like a shit ton. Um, soft? Yeah, no, I, <gasps> oh, I seriously shit. think Damn, that Damn, I didn't expect you to go that way. No, I'm going that way. Because here's the thing. Garrett Nelson, you're going to go to the NFL draft potentially getting drafted. I personally don't think you're going to get drafted. If you do get drafted, later round pick. You had the chance to establish culture under the rural era. You're a Nebraska kid. I get it. Go get, you know, go get paid if, if that's where you want to go with it. But I didn't see enough on tape that guaranteed you to get drafted in the first place. And to me, it would have been a very good thing for you to come in and, and kind of shape this new era of football and maybe win more games. So to me, that's, that's just how I feel about it. I, whatever. Good for you. Right. But on the flip side, I just don't think that he's NFL ready. So Mike, I agree with what you're saying. I, I do think Garrett Nelson is a good player. I don't know that he's NFL quality right now. I wish he would have come back, you know, been a leader, helped, you know, kind of transition in this new team. But what's interesting for me is 
with him entering the NFL draft, I thought that most cheerleading squads had tryouts. I didn't think you had to go to the draft to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Jesus! Is there any is there any NFL team out there that says we we need we need a Peter fucking Pan on our team? Yeah, let's get a Peter Pan. We need a guy who's got to have four celebrations on every tackle. Stop it! Don't get me wrong. I I was sitting on that joke, hoping Mike wasn't going to take it. Um, But no, I I do think Garrett Nelson's a good player. I just don't think that I I don't think he's draft ready at the moment, Uh, dude. Okay. Is he? Yeah. Go. Go. Okay. You know, the guy. The guy has. Uh, you like we keep talking about like you know you'd be cool if he came back and he started he helped build the culture and things like that. But listen, that is not that kid's job. How many times has he stood up there and done the whole rah rah like we're still fighting and I'm you know I'm trying to build this culture and I'm trying to do this and I'm I want to see Scott Frost smile again. Yeah, like Scott how, bleep. he he did that shit for four years. He was a uh, a leader. He was, he, he gave a lot to the university and to the football program. So I can't say anything about anything else about Garrett Nelson, other than the dude played with his heart mm-hmm. and he, he worked real hard at it. And he tried to do the whole, like, yeah, let's, we're building something and we're trying, right. we did the rah, rah thing. And he was let down year after year. I will bring you back to the moment when Jojo Doman stood up there and said, we're doing everything that the coaches ask us to do. And it's not working. Mm. Mm-hmm. He said that right to the press, and we all talked about it when it came out. And uh, and so that's all I have to say about Garrett Nelson. I wish him the best. I don't know shit about what the NFL is looking for. I don't know shit about my grade on a, on a kid going to the NFL. All I'm saying is the kid played with his fucking heart, and he worked hard the whole time he was here and did the rah-rah. And I'll give him that credit. wish him the best. So I predict that he will be an undrafted free agent. Yes. Do you you agree with that? Does anyone think that he'll be be Mister Irrelevant? Maybe I something like that. I think he will probably be an undrafted free agent that gets signed to a practice squad and maybe kind of fights for his life to stay there. Again, I, I think another year of development, especially under a, a staff that rules putting together, probably would have been beneficial. And I mean, I will say this: if we're talking about going to the NFL and everything like that, and we're talking about you know, the undrafted free agent stuff. How many really good Nebraska football players did we watch get undrafted free agent and then we never saw him again? So, like, so Garrett Nelson, right? And, Kyle, you touched on this. Like, the rah-rah, Nebraska's in his blood. You know, then I I start thinking. (sighs) He was on teams that were 3-9 and 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 4-8. But they were close losses. They were all very, very, very close. Mike, what's the word? (sighs) Say L- Linning. There it is. Mike just staring me down. And like, <laughs> and, you know, there's a talk, there's talk about he was the culture guy. He was the glue guy. Um, He, he kept it all together. And for what? To beat Iowa. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They beat Iowa. <laughs> Garrett, come back. Garrett. <laughs> I, no, I just, um, you're right. It's not his job. And it's like, now that he's left, you look at the edge rusher position now as it stands, and it's looking pretty thin at the moment. But then again, I go back to my last point, like 20 seconds ago. He was on teams that were three and nine and four and eight. So maybe we just need some new blood in there. Yep, turn as, the page. As as much as he was, as much as Nebraska was in his blood, maybe Nebraska needs new blood. Yeah. So I'm kind so, of twisting that around a little bit. In one word. 
How did you feel when you saw the announcement? Happy, sad, indifferent. I was the definition of indifferent. Mike? Indifferent. Like I said, I just wanted him to... I I, I thought it would be better for him to come back, but I don't care. Honestly... Turn the page. I'm going to be the only one to not say indifferent. I'm going to say sad. Because, again, I think we... As much as we joke about, you know, he's that rah-rah guy, he's the cheerleader. I thought he would have been a really good presence, especially during this transition with the rule staff. Sure. I thought he would have been a good presence, so I was kind of sad to see that. I get it. I get it. You know, he had, I'm not going to say he had allegiances to the prior staff, but. It was like probably he, a part of it. He, he had that interesting quote during media days before the season, the season started about how he wanted to see Scott Bleep smile again and be happy. And I think he, he had allegiances. And he yeah. was he was you know dedicated to them, and I don't think that should hold you back from staying out of school because it, if you look at Coach Rule, you would hope he's going to develop you right and better prepare you for the next level. But best of luck, best of luck yeah, to absolutely. Uh, it's better than Oregon. Hey, that was the right. thing is uh, that he might be transferring to Oregon. Go I, go yeah. find Tony Toyote and. No, I mean, it's better than him going to Oregon. Right. So, whatever. And like I said yeah. at the live show, I could not imagine Garrett Nelson being like, really love Nebraska, and he's been saying it for four years, like, oh, I live for this place, and then yeah. him going, going to Oregon. <laughs> like, yeah. Go Ducks. <laughs> Just, there's no way. So, anyway. So, you know, you have to do this thing, and you... Oh, that was really cute. Was that a heart or that's, no? That's no, what that they, was the EOS. Yeah. Oh, EOS. <laughs> um, so, other guys that declared, we got Chancellor Brewington that also declared. Mm-hmm. Um, O'Shawn Mathis declared. Huh. Okay, let's talk that about that. That one was interesting. Let's we talk know. about O'Shawn. We knew that was coming. I mean, yeah, I mean, him coming he, in, we was like, yeah, yes. he's going to be here one year. You're right. But, yeah. but, the, before the season started, I think he even said that. Like, this is going to be a one-year thing. Yeah, and but it's just like, did this season Casey's hurt his draft stock? God, wouldn't you think? I would think it hurt his draft stock. Like, yes. that was interesting to me. You, you, I was like, dude, you need a, a comeback year here to show that you really are the real deal. Uh, that I was actually kind of surprised to see him declare. Well, you you hear about the narr- the narrative about the Big Ten is like the linemen in the Big Ten in the SEC, I suppose. Definitely not the Big Twelve, but it's like Big Ten. That's the the league that's the most like the NFL when it comes to the lines. And so when a guy doesn't do as well when he moves from the Big 12 to the Big 10, if you're an NFL scout, you're like, mm, what happened there? Are you Were you not good enough for the, the talent that you're playing up against? Right. So, yeah, you're right. I feel like that would hurt his draft stock. He's a combine type of guy. He's going to have to yeah, prove it in the combine. He'll put up, no, he'll put up good numbers. I, I think he will. Yeah. I... I I think he will find uh, a team on draft day. I think he will get drafted. Do you think he'll be yeah. probably mid-low round, right? I think like six round. Yeah. Should yeah. that be credited to TCU or Nebraska? TCU. TCU. <laughs> 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, like, frankly, and I, I don't mean this as a knock against the kid. Again, we just had a bad season. But he had a shit season here. Well, here's the thing. You know how every player gets drafted, they play the highlights? How many highlights are going to be of Nebraska? Maybe not two. a lot. Maybe, hey, maybe there's a few. Hey, his best game was against Iola. Yep. Yeah. You know who? No, come back, Oshad, please. I, I think he meant Iola. Iola, la 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 la. Okay. Hey, speaking of them, we play them in basketball on Thursday, Thursday. and I am going to the game. So Ooh, there you oh, go. Nice. So I hope that we can continue that winning streak. Hopefully they can be like Eastern Eastern Illinois. Yeah, if we can play like Eastern Illinois, I think uh, we have a good chance. 
that has to be like the most embarrassing loss for their program. I mean, they I mean, are a basketball like, school. The, so. the most embarrassing loss is Obviously either, not a football school. <laughs> either EIU or Nebraska. Did you one or the see, other? Did you guys see that picture? Or video or whatever that was posted of Iowa practicing in the for snow the, in the snow for the bowl game in <laughs> a high school stadium. <laughs> yeah, oh, let's go. No. Well, hey, you know if they would have beat that, you know, three win Nebraska team, they probably would have been playing in Florida, not <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> but guess what? Fuck they em. did it. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't do it. I also do want to point. I got a text from um, an Iowa fan that I I do love, um, but she oh. texted me. She watched the live show, and. Immediately, well, I guess not immediately. It was the next morning. I got a text, and all it said was "fuck you guys" for leading in with an Iowa joke. And I was like, "Well, you know," she was like, "that's not funny." I was like, "We found it really fucking yes, funny." The we fact did. that you don't find it funny is what makes it funny. Yeah, that's what Hello. gets us going. Hello, we have a comment in the chat from uh, Mr. Trey Otis. He said, uh, "What's good, boys? Curious to see if you think Dylan Rola has any chance of coming to Nebraska, given his ties he currently has there. It would be a massive recruit." Uh, but me personally, I just I just see it happening. Me too. He does yeah, I, see it happening. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, the, and he and Trey's in the, um, he's a Michigan fan who follows Nebraska football very yeah. well. Very educated fan. Um, I would say the Dylan smoke is real. I think a lot of this twenty four hour thing that they're doing, they're posting. I think a lot of that has to do with it. Um, for the people listening who didn't catch this last week, Dylan Rayola is the highest rated quarterback recruit since Vince Young. So there's a fun fact for you. Who apparently also wanted to come to Nebraska. Yeah, we did find that out later in our live show. That was yeah. wild. Um, but no, I, Dylan is a 1.0 five-star recruit. We haven't had one since early 2000s. We've it, actually, uh, I looked at the, the list for recruits that have ever come to Nebraska. We've never had a 1.0. The high, or the closest, well, no. we, the closest we've ever gotten was Marlon Lucky. Right. Well, there's the 1.0. There's been like five or six players ever who've had that, that rating. And on top of it, Nebraska hasn't had a five-star recruit since Baker Steinkohler. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like in Southwest. So, Trey said he doesn't see it happening. Oh, he <gasps> doesn't. Oh, okay. doesn't. But here's the thing. I, I do see it it, uh, it being a real possibility. Oh, yeah. Mike oh, yeah. and I talked about this in the group chat this week after uh, Matt Rule talked about signing day, which we're going to get to here in a couple minutes. But um, he was throwing in a lot of these, like, these little hints and stuff. Somebody asked him about, you know, who's starting quarterback and everything, and he's like, yeah, he said, you know, I don't care if it's a freshman. I don't care if it's a vet. I don't care if it's a transfer. He's like, but I'll tell you this. You know, at Temple, we had a four-year starting freshman, and at Baylor, we had a four-year starting freshman, mm -hmm. and he kept putting these little, like, anecdotes out yeah, there. Yeah, they're, they're just little nods. Yeah, they're just little nods, and – to me, I, I I texted this group chat. I was like, would that not be your recruiting pitch? You've got proof that you like mm -hmm. to invest in your freshman quarterbacks and build them throughout the program and yeah. then, you know, send them to the league. Or, like you know, you're not going you're you're to hesitate to play freshmen if, you, if need be. If right. you're more talented, right. you're going to so play. With him decommitting from Ohio State, with these things going on in the press conferences, with all the media coming out 24 hours and everything like that, like I just, I would, I, at this point, honestly, I would be surprised if, somewhere he was just like, yeah, Dylan Riola was never a part of this. Like, I would be yeah. shocked. Yeah. Well, and on top of it, if you get a player like Dylan Riola, it's once you land him, it's everybody that's going it's to come to play opening, with him. It's opening the floodgates. Yes. And Matt Rule really hinted at, I mean, that yeah. that is it. He is ready for it. And Dylan, over the holidays, was rocking a Husker sweatshirt. Just throwing it out yes, there. Yes, he was. Was, was Yes. Yep. 
a couple things I want to point out. We, looking at Matt Rule's NCAA coaching history, historically, first year is kind of a rebuild year, kind of figure out where we're at. Second year is where we start to see real progress, which would be 2024, Dylan's class. Um, I don't, I, I hesitate to go like overboard on like what percentage I think we might get Dylan mm-hmm. right now. I would say I'm 60, 40, 60% I'm, we get Dylan. I'm like 75, 25. Like right, I feel yeah. pretty I, like I, bar, I see, barring, I, barring like a, an embarrassing like meltdown this year, like, or sh- not showing up to when you're supposed to meet him and getting drunk. And, and I don't think that, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'll be a problem for this staff. No, I, it, like if, if. There's like stories that come out about, oh, this staff is there. Uh, there's no balance there. There's no cohesion. Yeah. Then I could see it, but I, I'm like 75, 25 thinking he's going to come here. So Matt, Matt rule has never had um, a recruit like that, like commit to him or play for him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you start hearing these little anecdotes of him saying, yeah, he's like, you know, we figured once we got the, like an, like a, a big brand or like a big logo on our chest, he's like, we would be killing it on the recruiting trail. And yeah. our, what they did our in two weeks. Ugly. Our yeah, king took put three on weeks a, to put that class yeah. together. Yeah. I, yeah, I like it. What, what did I put on? You said King. So I you, just, you put out a TikTok saying that the end still holds its value. Sure does. Yeah. Sorry. Well, people that disagree. Well, they haven't done shit. Well, hey, don't get mad at me. All right, I. Uh, these are other people saying this. Yeah, like yeah, I'm biased because I I like Nebraska, but there's other people that are saying that and still holds weight. And like I've always been the guy who's see Nebraska shouldn't focus on getting the best quarterback because they're probably not going to get the best quarterback. Like they need to focus on running backs and O line, and as long as you still do that. But this is a special opportunity where, hey, this guy that you want has a personal connection to this place. What are the odds of that ever happening? And he wants with, to be here. With literally yeah. the best, not just the best quarterback, but the best recruits in the country. What are the odds of that? So please don't fuck it up. Well, and so like Mike mentioned, is if you get Dylan Raiola, it opens the floodgates. You're going to get receivers that want to play for a QB like that. You're going to get old linemen that want to block for him because you bring in that kind of attention and they're going to get eyes on them mm-hmm. and they're going to, you know, kind of help their draft stock. And if you, it's just success builds success. And that's where this starts. That's the key right there though. You don't success, start building yeah. success and I don't give a shit what the, what the brand on your chest says. Yeah. I just don't see you. You got to have some sort of success bowl game. Yeah. You got to have a bowl game. Got to make a bowl you game. You have to, if we get another four win season, there's no shot. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Good question. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got to sprinkle in a little Dylan. I think we'll, we'll find a way to do that regularly. Yeah. This, this oh, I'm good. sure we will. <laughs> I'm sure we will. That's good because let's, let's stick with the quarterback room. We have Jeff Sims coming here from Georgia Tech. Sweet. We had uh, Matt Rule talk about him at his presser post signing day, talking about how, I mean, all the att- attributes that he named for Jeff Sims are literally what you want in a quarterback. So I don't know if he was just kind of buttering him up a little bit, but he's big. He's athletic. He can throw from the pocket. What do you guys think about Jeff Sims coming in here? Do you see him as QB1? What's this competition going to look like? Whoever wants to answer that, go ahead. Okay, so I'll say contrary to Matt Rule's cryptic tweeting with the emojis, Matt Rule is not very cryptic in his press conferences. The man just... 
Very Lays blunt. it out there. Lays it out there. <laughs> yes. Let's let you know mm-hmm. exactly what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. So when asked about Jeff Sims, he's like, oh, the dude is, he's got, you know, a pro body. He's, he's going to be in the pros one day and he's this and everybody's telling me I go get him. And then somebody asked him, okay, well, what about Casey Thompson? Yeah, man, he's a good dude. Yeah, I talked to him. I yeah. talked to Casey. I talked to him. He's I a talked good dude. To him. Yeah. yeah. He's, okay. a, he's now, a person. Now, now that, that could mean, you know, jack shit, right? However, you pair that with the fact that Casey's going to be out through spring ball because yep. of his surgery. I, I'll tell you this. I don't. I can't imagine that a brand new offensive coordinator, a brand new head coach, especially someone that is so high focused on this new dude coming in, Jeff Sims, that they're just going to be like, yeah, you know what? You can go ahead and learn the playbook from the sidelines and we'll just trust you to get ready to go for, for summer. Like I, yeah, I think Jeff Sims has got a big leg up on Casey Thompson. So you, I'm, you talked first and you almost said everything I wanted to say. So (laughs) I'll just, I'll just piggyback on it. The way that Matt Rule talked about Jeff Sims told me everything I need to know about who the quarterback's going to be next year. Yeah, I, It doesn't matter if Hornsby comes from Arkansas or anything like that. They want a dynamic playmaker. The guys they are going after in the portal are playmakers, dynamic guys that can run with the football. Mm. And Casey is not that. I understand Casey said, I'm going to be here and... He got in some feud with some Instagram stuff as well. Ain't which no was, com- competition. What competition? What competition? What the hell which is weird, about? brother. Like, yeah. you're a D1 athlete. Let it go. So, From to a me, fucking Barstool University account? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, to me, I just think that, that Casey might be seeking another opportunity by the end of the spring. Because I think hmm. if you're not taking those reps, those important reps, because he has to learn the entire system without it throwing the football... That's very difficult to do. And we have said, yeah, we do need a grown-up, grown-ass man as our quarterback because those those do are very successful transitions. But Jeff Sims has also played a lot of football as well. Sure. So, yeah. to me, I like a mobile quarterback in college football. Jeff Sims is a mobile quarterback. The thing that I'm interested about is decision-making. Thank you. Taking care of the ball. That's literally been Nebraska's fucking Achilles heel for but, 20 yeah. years. But Casey had poor decision making too. So, You're not wrong. Yeah. So I, even if Casey were to be the quarterback next year, we still have that issue because two or three times a game, it is bonehead throw. Just yeah. like Adrian, just like Tanner Lee, just like I mean, let's just keep going back farther and farther and farther. Right. Each quarterback that we've had at this this university for the last twenty years has had that bonehead gene in them. So, do you want to know my least favorite argument? Well, every QB has those plays. Frequency <sighs> is the key. Yeah, the frequency with which our QBs make very bad decisions. Nebraska does f- it more. Yes, we do it way more. That's why we can harp on this. We do it better than you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're number one in something. Um, but no, yeah. I, again, like you guys said, everything I've heard is that rule is not entirely set, but pretty much set on Sims being our next guy. Um, I did find it interesting, uh, and I have two parts to this. That uh, you know, Papa Thompson comes on and says, we're staying in Nebraska and we're not here to, to sit on the sidelines. We're here to, to play and to win. Is it not weird when players' parents come out and make statements for them? Do you guys not find it's that odd? because it's Charles. It's, well, it's Charles, but then it's, it's kind of like Taylor Martinez-esque as well, Like mm-hmm. where, where like the player uses his dad as his, his like soundboard. Yeah. yeah, his soundboard. Because, because if, if my dad says it, I didn't say it. That's him. I, I'm not held responsible for that. But it's just weird to me. Like I understand these are kids. 
Right. I mean, like the oldest I mean, they're going to be, unless you're that. What? Where did that kid play that entered the portal? He's 29. That QB is like North Texas or some shit. Yeah. Enter the LinkedIn portal, buddy. Um, <laughs> but, the LinkedIn but, portal. Yeah, but, um, but Casey's also 25. Whatever. Yeah, he's a grown ass man. Yeah, he's a man. Like, yeah. uh, if I was Casey and my dad was in the media saying shit like that, I would be pissed. Like, it's it's the same thing that we talked about. Fucking um, Lonzo Ball's dad, whatever that dipshit's name was. Lavar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, dude, shut the fuck up. Let these athletes make their, their own statements. Let them talk for themselves. I always find that really weird. Yeah. Like, it's odd. I, he yeah. feels like he's a little entitled to that because he has played at a high level for Oklahoma and all that shit. Yeah. I, I see why he thinks what, he What were his stats last that? season? <laughs> shut up, loser. <laughs> How many potato chips did you eat last year? <laughs> <laughs> Armchair QB, shut up. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, Mike, you, you stated the decision-making is what's – you know, setting a little alarm bells off in my head. We'll see. We'll see. I think Jeff Sims will probably will be the starter, but when I see his touchdown interception ratio, that scares me a little bit. I'm just scarred by the past 20 something years. Okay. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. When like we're sitting here at this table, drinking beer and evaluating possible QBs at the university of Nebraska. Literally the only thing that we care about is the TD interception ratio. That's it. That's yeah. all you need to see. Well, and, you know, the fumble. Completion. The fumbles. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I, I want to see completion percentage, too. But if you're going to ask Jeff Sims to be athletic and run, he's going to fumble. No. It, he's going to fumble, Mike. It's going Don't to be fumble. more likely. It comes with the territory. Mike, Don't fumble. Hold Mike, on to the ball. But he's going to fumble. Hey, Do you know why? Because no. he plays for Nebraska. Actually, That's why. <laughs> actually I'm with Mike here. <laughs> I would like a quarterback that simply does not throw interceptions or fumble the ball. I'm with Mike. Wow. Why like, Why is it so hard? Just hold on to the fucking Wait, but ball. you just said that every quarterback, every quarterback. I would, I would also like a 100% completion percentage. Yes. <laughs> I don't like, fuck. I, can I go back to my live episode thing that I wanted for Nebraska football? Can I change that to my present? Just well, a perfect quarterback. Well, just let, never any make, make any mistake. Dylan. That was my ask. Jeff Sims, Casey Thompson. Dylan Raiola, all will throw interceptions at one point. All will fumble gonna, at one point. I thought you were going to go fuck Mary Kill for a second. But I'm talking the regular, <laughs> like, bonehead mistakes. Yeah. I'm not talking about the occasional interception right. when you're beating Bethune-Cookman. I'm yeah. talking about throwing interceptions and fumbling the ball when the game is on the line, when the game matters. Again. Fumbling against Michigan when you all you have to do is go down the field and win oh. the game. Again. Trey's still on here. All you have to do is go down the field and win the game. <laughs> I mean, four progress was probably stopped, but hold on to the fucking ball. We hold on to the ball. This last yeah. season, we said the word accountability a lot. Uh, when we're going to talk about QBs again, I'm going to come back to one word every time, and it's going to be frequency. If you are frequently fucking up, I have a problem. <laughs> Their frequency, you just used that word. Trey, Trey commented here again and said, not only frequency, but the timing of those decisions as well. It seems like to always be at the worst time for uh, the recent Nebraska quarterbacks. Thank yes. you. Yes. Brain, brain worms. Brain worms. When, when <laughs> it's clunched, clunch time. Clunch. clunch. When it's crunch time, there's a brain worm that enters. And that's, that's, that's part of changing the culture with, with Coach Matt Rule. And hopefully yeah. he will change that. Um, uh, before, yeah. before, are we going to transition? Because I'm, uh, I'm kind of low. Oh, you are a little low. low. Are we doing a, are we doing a yeah. halftime here? Little do you guys want to do sure. the, the two man will stay for uh, comments? Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's fine. All right, can I do my transition music yeah, for dude. us walking off? Yeah, transition. Right, here we go. Cash moves everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Love it. 
So Jared and I will stay on. Uh, if you have questions, comments, anything, throw it in the chat. Jared and I will uh, we'll take this time to go through them. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot here on the TikTok. So Jared, if you want to start rambling, we'll, we'll react. <laughs> I got to pick ones that I feel like we could talk about. Well, there's some that are just shit talkers or what? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, nah, I won't say that. Um, Jeff Sims will start week one. That's AB000. Okay. Little... Let's stick on the Jeff Sims, Casey Thompson thing. I Don't think want... if Jeff Sims starts week one, we'll say, and Casey is still on the roster, I believe both quarterbacks will start a game ne- this next season because name and, the last time we didn't have multiple quarterbacks start. Yeah. And like I said, any quarterback that you pick, whether it's Riola, Sims, or Thompson, picks, fumbles, and an injury. It's all going to happen. It's all going to happen. Yep. So just prepare yourself and prepare the backup. Um, AB0000 says again, I'm excited when the 12th team playoff comes, it will be easier to get in. Um, yeah, yeah. If, if Bo Pelini had been the coach and that was the system, they'd be. I think he'd st- still be the head coach. Yeah. Well, you the, know, it the, is what it is. The expansion of the playoff is going to be so nice because all these teams that get to sit and have a bye week during the conference championships, Ohio State, Alabama, et cetera, these teams, those bowl ga- or the, the conference championship games will matter again. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that USC loses in the conference championship, they're number four, they lose and then they get taken out. You know, that, that kind of sucks, <laughs> you know, like, and I get it. Like you need to, and you need to reward the teams that win their conference. Mm-hmm. So Utah, for instance, you know, Utah beat USC twice, right? Yep. Why, twice. Are, you know, they're not in the college football playoff. TCU had to squeak into the college football playoff, but they won all the games they were supposed to win. Yeah. And then they lost into Kansas State, you know, so it. In, in a battle. Yeah. It was a battle. I'm glad they kept them in there though and not put Alabama. So. Yeah. But no, I think the expansion, I don't know why we have to wait so long for it, but that is going to help college football. Um, again, AB Buzz says, I think it's best to move on from these fifth and sixth year seniors. We need new blood in the program. And that's kind of the case with, I know Casey hasn't been here for five or six years, but Casey is a guy who played last year, was not on a winning team. And so you wonder about, not his mental state, but just the whole, you come to Nebraska and you lose and you get used to losing. Well, and he and lost at Texas a, too. Yeah, and he, he didn't win many games at Texas. Yes, exactly. Right? So just as you learn to kind of be a winner, you kind of learn to be a loser too. And I'm not saying that's Garrett Nelson, but that's kind of Garrett Nelson. Yeah. Trey, it's not all his fault, but whatever. Trey said uh, that Michigan-Nebraska game was the most exciting and fun game I've ever been to. I would I would still say the same thing even if Michigan did lose. The atmosphere and environment was off the charts. Yeah. I, I wish I could have went, but I didn't. Trey asked uh, also, what are your thoughts on the new defensive style that Tony White is bringing mm. in? It's not very common. I'm curious to see how it will work out. Now, Trey, this is actually kind of funny because I recall Michigan trying to run that 3-3-5 under, was it Rich Rod or was that? Oh, shoot. A previous be the the scramble of coaches before they got to Harbaugh, <laughs> I remember Michigan having to run that three three five. But I will say Matt Rule mentioned that they're going to run whatever style fits their personnel. So if it's three yep. three five, then we're going to run a three three five. It's going to be four three. It's going to be three four four two five. They're going to run whatever f- suits the personnel. They don't necessarily have to be running a three three five. Matt Rule literally said. And this was going to be one of the things that we all talked about, but we'll just talk about it now. And we can talk about it later, too. But. He said, 
I'm not coming here saying we're running a three three five. It's he's not hard line in that. It's whatever players he has, he's going to be creative. Creativity was a huge word that he mentioned. <laughs> and like being creative with the players that you have and not just being hard line on running a set defense. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I just wouldn't buy into this whole three three five thing. Yes, Tony White ran it at Syracuse, ran it at Arizona State. But the good thing about the three three five, if it's it's very adaptable, there, you can have a lot of movement be, uh, pre snap. It's tough for offensive linemen to know what's going on. But yeah. on the flip side, rule did say, "I'm going to run what it works best with my personnel." Mm-hmm. He's not going to force it like. You know, some coaches come in and they're like, nope, this is my style. We're going to do it no matter what. I don't care. So I, I do appreciate him saying that. Here come the Kings with our brewskis now. I, I believe they're called beer bitches. Oh. <laughs> that is not getting That'll be the last time. <laughs> Just kidding. Beer Kings. We, uh, we greatly bitches. appreciate uh, Kyle and Connor, the non-Hef boys over there. Yeah. Lemon, Rad- Lemon Radler now. Oh, yeah. Did he? He didn't switch. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Nebraska Brewing Company, 100th in Harrison, 108th. Hello, yes. open today. Trey, if you've ever been to Nebraska Brewing Company, or if you have not, make sure you come in here, try some beers. Do tell, it. Tell us or tell them that we sent you. Okay, guys. Um, we just got done talking about the three three five. Yes. And how Matt Rule, um, literally said in his press conference, creativity. I'm not coming here running the three three five. It's whatever personnel I have, is what. We're going to run whatever is best with the personnel that we have. I love that. You know, that's coaching 101. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you could say, and like, you come here, you must run this. Right. Or else you're shit. Like, no, you, you got to be creative and you're thinking. He says that his, um, Evan Cooper, who does a lot of the recruiting, we found out. He's up till 3 a.m. watching film. Texting Matt Rule at 3 a.m. saying, hey, go get this guy. He looks good. Evan Cooper forces me to be creative with the players that he finds. And so, yeah, we're going to be adaptable and creative. It's nice to hear a coach say that we're going to adapt instead of saying every other team in the Big Ten is going to adapt to us. (laughs) (laughs) That that feels good. What? Who said that? I believe that was former head coach Scott. Oh. Resident of? Arizona. Phoenix, Phoenix. Arizona. (laughs) A sudden frost in Phoenix. See, Scott hates Nebraska, guys. Don't you see? The cold is hitting everywhere, including Phoenix. We got one more comment in the chat before we uh, move on to our next segment. Kevin Hunt asked, uh, what are our thoughts on Garrett Nelson declaring? We did uh, that already. And So we did already talk about it, but Kevin, um, just to give you the SparkNotes version, uh, we all, you know, hope for the best for Garrett. We think that... uh, you know, it'd be okay. If, a little, a little know, premature. Yeah, I think it maybe would have been a little premature, but um, and maybe he could have had one more year to kind of help shift the culture into the rural era. With that being said, you know, maybe it's time to start things over with new blood. Just move on. Just move on. And uh, it is what it is. We don't foresee him being drafted. Uh, again, so, best of luck to the kid. But yeah, yeah, probably an undrafted free agent, and we'll just see him grind it out on a practice squad. Um, and if you'd like it, to get the down and dirty uh, version of the Sparks note, Spark Notes that Mike just gave you, uh, you can listen to the episode. So let's talk about the offensive line, Matt Rule, coming out during his presser, talking about the O-line and why he retained Donnie Riola. 
Now, look, you could say Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Yes, we know. We know. Okay, we know. It helps. Yeah, it it doesn't hurt. It definitely (laughs) helps. It doesn't hurt. So, Rule had mentioned, you know, I'm not buying into the narrative that you guys were pushing last year or this year, that the O-line was the problem. I don't believe that. And basically what he said was, I believe that the offensive line was put in situations that they were not prepared for, that they were not Whip daddy. good. Whip daddy. <laughs> he said, look, <laughs> most of the play calling that took place, they thought of everyone else but the O-line. And so, hey, if you're going to do that, you better go coach them sons of bitches and not just call bullshit, right? That's basically what he said. Um, <laughs> well, and that's word for word. You know, word for word. I mean, word. It was a good press conference. That bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, go when, when Whip Daddy started coaching, the O-line wasn't that important in the 1920s. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, dude, they, like, they didn't know how to throw the ball forward. <laughs> leather, leather helmets. Yeah. I hate you. Uh, the, the game has changed. <laughs> okay, so going back to Rule and what he said about Raiola, right? He said, you know, I'm, I'm going to be interviewing guys. You're going to be in the running. And he said that Raiola showed up to work every day, right? That's half the battle is just showing up. And I like this vibe. I like this vibe. I kind of like that. He's I like, my like vibe is, hey, you know who my nephew is? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hired. <laughs> I, I wish you would have gotten a little more into, I like this vibe. Like, that's just a very vague thing to say. He also but, mentioned the tutelage. They come yeah. from the same well, same tree. Get after it. I Yeah, go on. Well, we talked about, I mean, all year last year, we talked about this strike first, you know, thing. Right. Mentality versus the zone and everything like that. This is Matt Rule comes from the same style of blocking. So why why shift from something if you already believe in the same stuff? Yeah. That, that's what he's saying. Do I do I think Dylan played a huge role in it? Absolutely. But he's fits the the rule build, young, hungry recruiter. And although Donovan hasn't recruited much since right. he got here, he's going to have to fit that rule build. So So I I, I sort of agree with both of you here, actually. Um Rule saying, you know, maybe the O-line wasn't entirely the issue. They got put into positions um, Shit that, that they shouldn't have been in. I think that applies to Donnie Boy as well. I think, Donnie Boy. Donnie he, Boy. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think he was given, A, like we know for a fact that that O-line, the depth was abysmal. Yeah. Um, had injuries, kind of had to deal with not just a little, a lot of adversity. And so yeah. to say that that season – shows what kind of coach he is. I don't think that's fair. I don't think Matt Rule, even if, you know, the, the Dylan Raiola recruitment was a factor, which it almost certainly was, at least in some way, I don't think it's an accurate reflection of how good of an O-line coach he is. There's right. no way this man got to the Chicago Bears, which, I mean, you can talk about how he did there. Uh, but there's no way all these guys have seen this same thing in him, and he doesn't have some sort of talent. He, he can be a good O-line coach, and I think with this rule staff, we'll see him really shine. You know, uh, I just I just wish for a day where the offensive line and their scheme and the way that they run things and the way that they perform isn't this mythical creature that <laughs> you have to be some sort of... You have to have some sort of doctorate to understand. They're just giant dudes that push other giant dudes over. 
It has to be that. Si- it, I wish it was that simple. Big and man I kn- make big man go other way. I know it's not that simple, <laughs> but I just hope for the day that I'm not sitting here wondering. Well, is it the scheme? Is it the offense that Whipple is running? Is it the coaching? Is it what is it? I just hope for a day that I can look at it and be like, simple enough. Just push the other guy over, Kyle. I mean, look. I mean, that's the same football. thing with the QB. Just put the ball in the receiver's hand. That's football, man. Right. Hey, the guy that's across from you. Move him to wherever you want him to go. Right. It's very simple. Ooga booga. Me move you. You go this way. I run ball. I catch ball. I, you, I break tackle. See, I, I don't know I, that I agree with that. Like, <laughs> like, like you, you, you always hear that like the center is, you know, the, the QB of the offensive line and you have to point out pressures and you have to figure Stupid. out and kind of call the plays for the offensive line. I tackle I, you. I know there's a bunch that goes into it, but yeah. every... Big coach, every real successful coach just says it comes down to blocking and tackling. That's it. Hey, the moment well, you try hey, to make it more complicated than that is when you end up with hey, six, six consecutive again, years of non-bowls. I think we're boiling this down too hard because if you get into it, like it comes down to, you know, just blocking and what was the other point? Blocking and tackling. Blocking and tackling. I mean, it comes down to, to be a great receiver, all it comes down to is catching and running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and sure, blocking. but you're boiling it down too far. I, I think we're we're underestimating how much it takes to be a really great O-lineman. Uh, with how many O-linemen that we have on this podcast, uh, I, I think it is harder than it looks, uh, obviously, but I, I don't think it's just as simple as, like, big guy move big guy. Listen, if you were to call du- our boy Dylan Utter, the junkyard dog, can, 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 we, can we try it? No, I'm not. Uh, calling your no. boy Dia would, would be like, yeah, it literally is just manhandling the man across from you. Don't overthink this shit. Hey. Let me ask you guys this. Hey, who's Alabama's offensive line coach? I'll wait. Nobody's going to know, right? <laughs> right? Hey, who, who's I mean, Georgia's O-line coach? Who's Ohio State's? Hey, who's Michigan's? Can't do it. You can't name them can't because unless you follow the pro- that particular program, you're not going to know who the fuck their name is. Just do your job. That's what it comes down to. Do Donovan is do getting it. an opportunity to do his job again. Who's Alabama's running back coach? Who cares, dude? Could you name like a, could you um, like name Until they become position a head coaches? Coach, you know, like half yeah. the guys do. I mean, position coaches. It's not a sexy thing, but they. I mean, those are guys that win games. Yeah, like it, it's not sexy. You're not famous, but you're very important. Yeah, I yeah. Just, let's just not overthink this O line thing, right? Figure I, it I, out. I, I overthink wanna, everything. I know their schemes and yeah, all that they were talking about. It's just I'm just so sick and tired of it being this mythical creature that yeah. you have to have a doctor to understand. It's mythical not, creature. I, I wouldn't say you need a doctorate, but I like I said, it, it's more complicated than I think people well, think. It it's is. It's funny you say that because rule was even like there's like three basic philosophies of O line play, and the the particular one that Royola teaches and that rule also learned. Because he's O line guy too. He's O line. That's his background. Is the taking initiative, striking first, whatever the fuck. Okay, I'm not. A, I'm not a doctor at an O line play. Right. But but I'm trusting with rules, expertise, and experience that he sees Riola and he see. You know, he mentioned Harry Heastan, who currently coaches at Notre Dame. Tutelage, right? He's like same philosophy. Yep. Like this. Well, connected, three, connected. Three sets of eyes on him, too. You got Rule that's yeah. going to be able to help with the old line. You got Ed Foley, and you got Satterfield. You're going to have all these extra guys that are all pulling on the, pulling the rope the same exact way. They all come from the same tutelage. I think that's huge. And, and you hope with strength and conditioning that... Corey Campbell. They, 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 they'll be able to move. 
They can move their little feetsies around and, and not maybe just some eat. steroids would be cool too. Listen, I'm down. Honestly, I'm Nuri cool Noelli is ahead of his time. Good. I'm <laughs> cool with it. I hope he was still injecting when he got when he sat out. That dude better have been fucking juicing. <laughs> Juice fucking hard. You already got caught. Get fucking yoked. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Load up, big boy. You're talking Ooga Booga. I want you to <laughs> God, that's great. All right, let's get to signing day, should we? Yes. Okay, so let's get to signing day. So they currently sit According to on three, they are ranked 33rd. According to rivals and 24 7, they are ranked 28th in the country. And that that is good for, let me see, fourth in the Big Ten behind the usual suspects Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. And so it goes and so it goes. That's how it's been. Even under Scott Fuck, it was like that too. Where they are always fourth in the Big <laughs> That's Ten. A new one. Now, what are you guys' thoughts on this recruiting class? Are you encouraged? Is there a particular one that stands out? We'll just go around. What do you guys think? I mean, I can start the the work that this staff did in three weeks mm. to take us from outside of the the fifties. We were almost sixty, ranked sixtieth in the right top, around sixty, yeah, around yeah. sixty. To put us in the top 30, mm. and I expect us to go up higher because I think there are some guys that are already signed that are going to announce yeah. at their, um, what do you call it, their high school all-star games or whatever. In right. the Under yeah. Armour game, yeah, too. Yeah, the Under Armour game. Yeah. We yes. might get one or two. Yeah, so we're, we got some guys that are pending that I think are already signed. So I think this class could already be top 25-ish. To me, what you did right. in three weeks is awesome, and I like that they've already flipped the page to 24 and they're going to start busting their ass at 24. Bro, they're, they're on the ground fucking running yes. already. And they're yeah. making offers like mad. Yeah. So tip my cap. I love it. I'm not going to go into any certain guy that I like. Um, I like that we did get a transfer guy, Ben Scott. From, O-line. Who started center. a lot of football games. Mm-hmm. Where's number 66? Like the junkyard dog. Play center. <laughs> so that's my take on the signing day. I Yeah. I'll, I'll agree, I agree with you. The, the work that was done in three weeks is nothing short of incredible. Like, think, we talk about, I mean, obviously we talk about this all the time. How many games we've lost in the last five, six years. Now you're going into another transition and you were able to just go out, sit in these kids' living rooms, contrary to Coach Prime, who's just waiting for kids to come to him. Which is insane. Uh, you've got Matt Rule and his and his team out there killing it. Uh, I like you said, Mike. Tip your cap to him. And again, just like you said, again, I, I'm not. I'm not going to point out anybody. I will say one thing that is interesting is that I don't even want to really talk about it. I don't really want us to talk about it. Malachi Coleman, you know, yeah. committing for the second time. Like, yeah. thank God, King. Whatever. It's over. Yeah. yeah it's uh, over. But but I will say that what they get eight in-state kids they yeah. pulled in. So that was good. Yeah. That that that's good. Winning at home, that's where it starts, is winning at home, and then you can branch out. I'm going to follow the theme of, you know, I'm not going to comment on any one single recruit. I think this class is full of killers. I think these are guys that can be the future of Nebraska. I love that. Matt Rule, there's only one coach in this recruiting cycle that impressed me as much, if maybe not more. That was Hugh Freeze going from 60 to 16. That was very, very impressive. Mm. I'll tip my cap there, too. Uh, But the fact that there's only one coach in the nation that impressed me more than Matt Rule, 
That's a good fucking feeling. You guys have said it. Three weeks, not even a month. Just imagine a full year. Just, Just imagine. imagine a full year. Matt Rule got guys to commit to him by playing he, ping they, pong. They don't even. No, Matt Rule. They don't know him. <laughs> do you think Matt Rule's like really good at ping pong? Or do you think he just throws these games to win over moms? Yes. I think, I think he... <laughs> the answer is yes. That's what I do. <laughs> I think oh, he's you're really good. Me. Now sign this letter of intent. No. <laughs> just imagine. <Make> dinner. <laughs> just imagine a full year. And he even said like, he acknowledged that these families are taking visits to Lincoln. They are trusting their respective son to Matt rule. They don't know who we are. We've been on the job for less than a month. And yet they are still around the top 25. Right. And on, on the talk, I, I interact with people that maybe you guys don't interact with. And I see these people say shitty things like no one wants to go there. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Even despite all the fucking losing, like Kyle just said, they're still going to be like top 25-ish, but nobody wants to go there though, right? Right. right. Um, well, the number only, one recruit well, in the country is potentially going to come to Nebraska. Well, trending up. So I want to point out that, so we might be top 25, but in the NCAA, there's only 30 schools, right? Or are there more than that? Is, is top 25 good? Is that a good thing? It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Shut up. Four, <laughs> it's pretty good. The haters the and 10? losers of which, they yeah. are, of which there are many are sick watching Matt Rule succeed right now. They're sick and they... Panthers fans, man. Oh, dude, Panthers fans and man, his replies are insane. So Shut up it's, already. Listen, that video you made, I just want to give you a round of applause. That video you yeah. made. It was the, the king. The king, everybody. With with the, the quarterbacks that the Panthers had during Matt Rule's time. <laughs> who, who Matt Rule definitely drafted. He drafted all of them. It's all his decision. <laughs> what? What are you, a fucking idiot? That's not what I'm saying. That's what people said about him was that Matt Rule had like more power than the GM. And I go, shut up. Wait, he had more power than the GM, yet his runway was like not even two years. How much of a fucking power, how much power did he really have? And right. that GM is now on the Nebraska staff. Hey, that's okay. Let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Oh boy. So over this past weekend, it was announced that he made like nine new hires. And most of these guys are like, Front office types, yes. analysts, high school liaisons, and fucking scouting people. Um, it's like maybe let's talk about the good and the bad with this. Like, what what do you think the good things are with getting all these people on board? Um, I would just me personally, I look at like the Saban model, and they have like eighty fucking people, yes, on staff. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe this could be reminiscent of what Saban's doing in Bama. So I don't know. We'll see. I think having high school liaisons and analysts on is incredibly important. Another thing, right, with all these people he's bringing on, a lot of these guys worked with him at Temple, at Baylor, and at Carolina. Now, did things in Carolina go great? No. No. Not really. However, you would think if Matt Rule was so shitty, if he was such a shitty head coach, such a shitty leader, why are these guys wanting to be back with him? Right. Like, if things were really that bad, and if Matt Rule was a snake oil salesman, as some people have said on TikTok, why is he, is he like brainwashing them? Is he hypnotizing these people? Come with me, join, join me. 
<laughs> with his fucking cauldron, fucking yeah. stirring the. Is he doing that, or are these guys like, no? Uh, the situation in Carolina was kind of shit, but our experience with him has been great. Like well, otherwise, so maybe we want to go to Nebraska to work under him. To be to be fair, the people that said that Matt Rule ruined Carolina, they're correct because Carolina was a very prosperous franchise yeah, before he got yeah. there. They were fantastic. They suck. Like they suck. People say like they've been to more Super Bowls lately than Nebraska's been relevant. And I'm like, how many Super Bowl titles have Okay, yeah. They've got a bunch. No right? response no response, right? No yeah, response. Weird. They've got, they've got a bunch. Anyway, who is who is okay. who is uh his best quarterback at Carolina? Who's the best one? Teddy Two Gloves. Even what about better? PJ, yeah. the PJ guy from the XFL? Yeah, PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Yeah, what about him? The backup now. I Just mean, saying. Why, Luke Keekley? He he was gone. He left. He didn't have a fucking Julius Peppers or a Steve Smith. You got anyway. the second coming of Cam too, so that's cool. Um, yeah, not the MVP Cam. The the I'm back. That Cam. Yeah, <laughs> like really old. Anyway, so go, sticking Mike. back to the the staff and the hiring of the these nine guys, pulling high school coaches. All these different guys and finding various roles for them. Right. I like the example you used of that Saban model. Um, college football is a business. And Matt Rule, getting that taste of the NFL, realizes what a business looks like and what it should look like. Okay, Nebraska has not been doing business well for a while. And the fact that you're bringing in guys with various skill sets in different areas who have been in the NFL who have been at the high school ranks. I've been a head coach, and I'm going to go be an analyst on a college football team, right? Not only does that help you with connections at the other schools that you've played for the last 20 years, et cetera, right? But he is operating this job like a business, like a CEO that we've asked for. So these hires are fantastic. He's touching different parts of the country, different parts of the NFL, to the high school ranks, to the college, to different parts of the conferences that they've all been in. He is opening the door. We are going to be a landscape of different recruiting areas because he is pulling guys from all various parts of the country. Yeah. It is awesome. Yeah. He even talked about he even talked about like prior to moving to the NFL, he had no idea like what they're looking for in college players. You think that they're just looking at the numbers that they do at the at the combine or or on their on their draft day or whatever the combine day that they have at their 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 college. Um he said, like, there's stuff that goes into it more than that. It's just, it's like looking at the psychology of a player and looking at the behavior of a player and things like that throughout their college level. And he's like, but prior to the NFL, I had no idea about any of that. So now you've got guys in the high school level. What are the high schoolers looking for? You've got guys that maybe you're coaching a senior in college. Okay, what are the, what are the scouts in the NFL looking for? Because he's been there. He's got guys on his team that have been there, like – there's just there, like you said, Mike. Every level is is covered in yes. the staff. Yeah, it's Matt Rule. Awesome. Matt Rule is unique in that he is one of the few college head coaches that has NFL experience. Like, there's not many out there that have been a head coach in the NFL as well. So he can go into a living room and say, "Look, it didn't work for me." Okay, here are the lessons why. Here's why we didn't win. But at the same time, I've been in contact with GMs. I know head coaches in the NFL. I know what they like. I have good relationships with them, you would think, right? Right. And so you can go into a living room and sell that in addition. I think what you said just now is an excellent point, saying that, you know, he went to the NFL and, you know, there was a lot of um, miscues. It wasn't great. Um, but identifying what was wrong 
gives him a chance to help develop these players into what they need to get to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's developed a really three-dimensional staff. Like Mike said, they're spreading out around, across the country. They're covering vast yes. areas of the country for recruiting. And you've got guys that have coached in high school, college, and the NFL on the staff. It is very three-dimensional, and I think that's very unique. Yes. I, I have a comment from someone on here that said, but literally when Matt Rule got fired, the Panthers got better at every phase. My response to that would be a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. You always see this from teams anyway. Is There's always kind of a jump. Okay, How many Panthers games have I watched this year? Fucking zero. I'm not going to claim I have, okay? But you see that all the time. With There's a little jump. What, what, are, they, what are they ultimately going to do, though? What are they going to do? They're not, they're not going to make the playoffs. Not, they're not like, going to make the playoffs. And they could say, yeah, that's because of the shitty start by Matt Rule. Well, they're the worst division in the NFL. Dude. The NFC South, the, whoever wins the division is going to have a losing record, okay? A losing record is going to make the playoffs, and it's going to be Tom Brady with the Bucks. Yeah, you know why they got better because they beat up on other shitty NFC South teams. Yeah, I, that's exactly where I was going to go. Was I would point to strength of schedule on that. Sure, comment. maybe. Yeah, um, and every phase. I don't know. I don't know. And yeah, maybe you're right, saying, dude. Saying every phase is also inaccurate. So talk to me next year. I, how are the Panthers? Nerd, that's just not accurate. How poverty. Are the, they're, they're poverty. Panthers are poverty. Poverty Panthers. Has Rule ever beat a ranked team? He's beat two of them. Um, let's think about context. How many of those ranked teams did he play when he was in his first year at Temple and his first year at Baylor when he had nothing? Um, and Nebraska can't even beat Georgia Southern. So I don't give a fuck about beating a ranked team right now. Are these That's Iowa fans or Carolina fans? Win the games you're supposed to win. How about that? Yeah, just win the, there. win the games you're supposed you, to on paper. You know how every Husker fan looks at the calendar like, Win, win, loss, yeah. lot. Right. How about the ones that you're like, win, win, win? No, actually, we have to actually win those games. Yeah. Let's I, start there. I just don't understand this attitude from, and I don't know if that's a Husker fan that's commenting this down it's, there. I, I think don't it's know a, that. A poverty fan. Either way. Panther fan. But like, it, it's wild to me that, you know, people see those kinds of stats. And like, Matt Rule has not even coached a fucking spring game yet. And they're like, oh, fire Matt Rule. Shut the fuck up. People are stupid. Shut the fuck up. You can't coach. Like, okay. Okay. Wrong. Well, if you couldn't Give coach, a goddamn chance. If you couldn't coach to begin with, why did the NFL come calling? Yeah, right. And, and like, why do programs like Baylor and Nebraska come calling? I mean, on. Baylor and Nebraska are two very. I mean, Nebraska is a blue blood. Baylor, not entirely, but like I, those are big names. <laughs> he like, said, "You guys seem like cool dudes. I feel bad about what you're about to witness. Don't hey. feel oh, bad. Oh yeah, hey, don't hey, feel don't bad, feel brother. Bad. We've seen more pain than you." Dude. <laughs> well, if he's a Carolina fan, maybe not. You've like, lived a life of hell. At least hey, we've seen some wins. Kevin Hunt said, uh, look what Saban did in the NFL. Not a not a whole lot either, huh? Yeah. And guess what? Nick Urban Saban's Meyer. been on this terror since he came back from the NFL. I just feel like whenever someone criticizes Matt Rule for his NFL, we keep saying Saban. But yet, there are still people out there that just don't fucking know. They don't get like it. we say Saban over and over and over and over. It seems like we're being redundant. What are we not saying? How do we Saban. make it clear? How, Nick, what do we do? St. Nick. Nick Saban. What do we say? Miami to, Dolphins, former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Nick Saban. 
Does that help? What, what did he get like? You would think, but we, we've done it for months. <laughs> and, and here, okay, so here, here's another thing, right? Nick Saban did all that. He went to the NFL as he was developing. That's prior to Alabama. That's before his, yeah. you know, his national championship Tell, reign. I really hope I know where you're going here. Urban Meyer there we go. Has, been, <laughs> has been successful everywhere he went. Florida. 833 winning. Ohio percentage. State. 833. Just killed it everywhere he went. Then he goes to the NFL, totally bombs. Where does that come from? Maybe his behavior, what he's doing off the off the field, whatever it was. You right? kick one but, kicker and everyone freaks out. But yeah. that is a perfect example. Matt, let's forget about Matt Rule for a second. Urban yeah. Meyer, being one of the winningest head coaches, goes to the NFL and Balls he gets, on his face. gets absolutely destroyed. Yeah. What does that tell you? It means jack shit. But the Carolina Panthers, Kyle, that's what matters. Poverty. Yeah. All right, let's get, let's do some last comments, questions, and let's wrap it up. What do you think? This guy just said, "Hey, you um, I don't know your name, but you should definitely follow us if you're going to keep fucking commenting. You better be a follower. My qualms are with Rule, not Nebraska. We, I got that. Yeah, we but figured again, that one out. Rule, his situation at Carolina was far from ideal, and you could say he dug his own grave. Wrong, wrong. He dug his hey, own not, grave. Not to mention the NFL released something." Uh, last week that said that NFL franchises need to give coaches more time. That, oh, Dude, I like, hate that like the Broncos coach got fired after a year. It's like he played, he coached just 15 games. Just yes. Nathaniel Hackett coached 15 games. Yes. Some people say he couldn't hack it. Did you see? What I he think came? he was just a bad coach. He was waiting for that. Did you yeah, see what he said? What did he say? He said, what the fuck was I supposed to do? Dude, yeah. I had a quarterback that had more bathrooms in his house than I did that he did touchdown passes. Yes, if That's you're a fantastic. head coach in the NFL, quarter of the year, you you are handed teams that have been crafted and made by the GM. See, like I don't know what I was. Saban, he wasn't the GM. No quarterback didn't get breeze. Like yeah. What are we? What are we supposed to keep saying? Saying, saying Matt Rule dug his own grave in Carolina is the, they put him in a six foot hole and they're like, well, he's in there. He dug it. Yeah, fucking Christian McCaffrey no. was hurt every year that he had it. Yeah, Rule did not have full autonomy. I don't. I don't. Maybe I just don't. I don't understand the situation. I don't did understand. They say Rule had full. Autonomy? You know what, dude? You're right. He had full autonomy. No, he made all the draft picks. You're right. But thank you for following us. Keep following us. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Go Panthers. <laughs> and Falcons. Um, okay, guys, is there anything else? Let's sign off. My heart rate is so high. Make sure you go follow us. Uh, oh, oh, shit. Okay. Got all that shit. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We are there. We have a website, nbnrpodcast.com. That has not been updated <laughs> in a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I hesitated to say it. Um, give us a like. Give us a follow. TikTok, Facebook. Five-star review. Five-star. We need five-star, not four. We have 50 reviews on Spotify, 4.9. That cannot go any lower. All right, what am I missing? Thank you for coming to our live show last week. Chris Schmidt, you're pretty cool. Go listen to Hill Varsity Radio. That's it. Okay. I think that's it, yeah. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Kyle Byers. And Connor Cavillac. As always, beat Colorado in 200-something days. Fuck Prime and GBR. We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Hunter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to me. He's like, you know what you just, what you just did? <laughs> you get mad. Would you go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. <laughs> they ain't gone in Muhammad. GBR. A Heard at Sports Network production. <laughs>